hi everyone there in the world. This is the Weird World Podcast. I'm Dean. I'm Jack. And I'm Carrie. Carrie's going to tell us a story today. And as we know from her recent practice, it probably won't be anything bloody or horrible. That's true. Okay. That's been her thing lately. She just, she slips once in a while, but mostly she stuck to it. I slip when I'm ordered to. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not ordered. Today, Carrie's going to, I think, is something that we know a little bit about it, but mm-hmm. not that much. Hopefully the same for you and you learn well, with us. It was same for me. I mean, I had heard of it and kind of knew a little bit about it, but certainly no details like this. So, ready? Yes. Well, th- I'm going to tell you a story that at the time in 2001 should have been one of the biggest stories in the United States and probably would have also made the international news at the time. On August 21st of 2001, Attorney General John Ashcroft held a press conference to announce several indictments and I think eight arrests that had been made that day. His announcement became a huge nationwide story, like I said, and then... I'm sure there were developments as it progressed. And then the trial, which was to be held in Jacksonville, Florida, actually started on September 10th, 2001. Oh, that's uh, inconvenient. Then we know what happened. The actual trial started on yes. the day before 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did they postpone it? Did they? No, the trial oh. continued. Okay, it just got buried Correctly. In the media. In the yep. media. Okay. No longer appeared in the front pages of newspapers or on the nightly news. So I'm going to tell you the story of what this huge news story that got eclipsed by 9-11 was. Have either of you ever won anything? Excuse the fact Have you ever won anything? Like little sweepstakes <laughs> or giveaways? <laughs> you two look like failures. Have you ever won anything? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jack. Like prizes. Yeah, like a raffle like, or, or yes. a lottery or something like that. Well, do you remember the McDonald's Monopoly game? Do you? Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, my God. We used to, we, we haven't got them. Well, these guys go to McDonald's, but back when these kids were, were young, we sometimes go to McDonald's for we, breakfast. Oh, that's right. Because the McGriddle was uh, delicious. <laughs> and uh, we would, of course, during... What, when did they have? Was it fall? There was a time of the year. October. That they, started October. in October. Oh, Lord. Like I'm a dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Jack is super, super insulted confused. right now. I don't remember like, that detail. I don't remember that either. But I remember... I do remember winning. Yeah. A small fry. Yeah. A small Coke. Yeah. Things like that. No, never. And they'd always keep... Like, was it states? Did you have to get states? Wait. No, Monopoly. I mean, I'm Monopoly. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, but but they'd always have like you know Illinois Avenue. Would they have one in New York and, and hey, one in California? I got to talk about that. Oh, well, it was probably even worse than that. But of yeah. course, you wanted the it. Yeah. It was basically just like the Monopoly game. The ones you want the most are Park Place and. Um, oh, is that what it was that? What was the other one? Park Broadway. Play, Broadway. Yeah. yeah. So those were you know you'd get your little game board and yep. keep all your pieces, and nobody ever found Park Place or Broadway. Yeah, those bastards. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. McMonop- just the, the game. Fun okay, cool. of oh. McDonald's Monopoly game. Listeners, it, tell us if you've ever won anything, and I think that. <laughs> <laughs> it actually started, well, and of course, we won 
fries and Cokes and stuff like that. But there were also big money prizes. Yes, that was the whole deal. And those are those were the ones that were attached to those really hard to get yep. park place pieces. If you had 17 Indiana Avenues, I'm done with this game. Well, it started in the United States in 1987, which I do remember it back in mm. those days. I would have thought it started earlier than that, I, but... I, I would have thought it started later. Me yeah. too, actually. No, it was 87. Well, because I feel like I remember it like in high school and stuff, but apparently not. And there were other variations around the world in other countries and everything. But uh, basically, you know, you had to collect the pieces, exchange them for prizes. And it went on for years and years, and it pretty much worked pretty well. Customers won prizes. It was huge marketing for McDonald's. Mm-hmm. When they were running uh, uh, one of their Monopoly games, it increased their sales like 40%. That's ridiculous. McDonald's made millions by supposedly giving out millions of dollars. You all have given away a few small fries and Cokes that you had to go buy other stuff there to even redeem, typically. Or, you know, you were going to 99 times out of 100, though you were. You could add. my free small fry, that's all I want now. Yes. But in order to make it not gambling mm-hmm. in the United States, where you have to pay money to yes. get, yeah. you know, win a prize or whatever, yeah. you have to be able to get a, a little thing for free, a little game yeah. piece for free. So you technically could walk into oh, any McDonald's funny. and say, Give me a game piece. Can I have a game piece? Really? And they would have to give you one. Oh, yeah, that you, it, yeah, you can't charge. No, I guess not. For. Uh, like huh. entries into a loophole. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, they relied on no one doing that, or you know. I'm sure some people did that. Probably kids too, mostly, and, and probably adults. Yeah. Who took away too seriously, <laughs> <laughs> and some really did. They also um, would put game pieces in like inserts in magazines and stuff, really? which I don't remember that at the time. Nope. But apparently they did. Uh, I don't remember that in my Omni magazine. Well, I know one of them Mad was magazine. supposedly People magazine. Well, that sounds about right. I wouldn't know that. Yeah. I well, mean, I only bought the Sexiest Man Alive issue once a year. That's the, did you? Yeah. It's, when it's Blake know. Shelton. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had $25,000 prizes, $100,000 prizes. Five, uh, there was a $500,000 yeah. prize uh, up to a million. Million there bucks. were million dollar yeah, I remember prizes. That. You could win a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. The the actual idea for the Monopoly game wasn't thought of by somebody at McDonald's. It was actually the idea of Simon Marketing Company, which is the company that obviously did marketing for McDonald's. They were actually also the um, inventor of the Happy Meal. They came up with that brilliant that was their idea. idea huh? mm-hmm. Interesting. And like I said, it was a massive success, and they used a very secure printing firm by the name of Dittler Brothers. Sure, sure. Because you know, if you're printing these million-dollar tickets, it's it's a huge deal, yeah. and security was a big deal. And so the, the reason why Simon Marketing and McDonald's chose this Dittler Brothers company is because they had already gotten a reputation for being a very secure printing company. They printed a lot of lottery tickets and stuff mm. for states, and they also were printing U.S. postage stamps. 
Yeah, because I guess you could. If you ran off an extra boardwalk and, mm-hmm. you know, mulled it out of the factory, yeah. you could win a lot of money. Yeah. They had huge security. They had, like, a vault where the the high value, the million dollars and $100,000 tickets were kept in this vault, and there were two separate little, um, you know, key code things. So two different people, uh, you know, you had to have two people to enter the key codes. And the... Actual little game stickers, the high value ones, which this is super interesting. Each one would have an, a minor imperfection, like like a little portion of one of the letters was mm. missing or something like that, which nobody would notice. Mm. But if somebody tried to fake it, uh, have a fake ticket, they would know. And okay. then there was also some kind of code printed on it in like that blue light ink uh, that would only show. Like on dollars. Or a black light. Yeah. On dollars, on tw- like big dollars, oh, twin dollar oh, really? bills and hundred dollar bills. Okay. Yeah. When they had, you know, after they printed these high value game pieces, they had to be stuck onto like a French fry bot, you yeah. know, little thing, oh. yeah, or that. a soda cup, soda or cup, something yeah. like that. So, somebody they would be placed into an envelope. The little tickets on their sticker thing would be placed into an envelope and it was like this, they had this special tamper proof seal that it was kind of metallic and you know, they certain people would have to sign across the, the seal on the envelope. And so if, if this metallic seal had been broken, then they knew, okay, this envelope has been tampered with. And so the, the head of, or the, guy who worked for Simon Marketing that was in charge of all this security. His name was Jerome Jacobson. He was known as Jerry. Oh, should be known as JJ, but missed opportunity. It's true. Well, he, at one point early in his career, had been a police officer in Florida. He didn't have a great time as a police officer. He got injured, and then he got sick, like a neurological thing. It was like either MS or two different stories were told, either MS or Guillaume-Barre syndrome, where there was like paralysis and he was That's not good. pretty sick, yeah, for a while. Mm. And he couldn't, he lost his job as a cop. He couldn't be a cop anymore. And it was so bad, Thank he God. couldn't work at all and he had to be taken care of by his wife, mm. Marsha, who... Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yep. She worked in the security field as well. She nursed him back to health, and he recovered enough where he could go back to work, and that's when he began his career in private security, eventually getting a job with Dittler Brothers, the printing company, and that's his wife, Marsha, got him a job there. That's where she was working. And, you know, eventually he worked his way up. He oversaw the production of the Monopoly pieces for uh, Simon Marketing, and he became the person that would actually get that secure envelope and then he would have to deliver the pieces to where they were going. What was his name again? Jerry Jacobson. Jerry Jacobson. JJ, how could you forget? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My bad. Another fun fact about Jerry is he loved psychics. <laughs> and he believed in psychics. He would tell his friends and coworkers. My, I went to the psychic, and you know, they told me that you know to invest in this, and he always talked about his investments <laughs> and how he was going to be so rich. Oh, wow. good lord! Invest in my business. And 
At one point, the psychic told him he was going to get a big windfall. Okay. And he believed that psychic. And so he thought, maybe I can make my own windfall. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think you understand what windfalls are, but yeah. Those, those... Well, psychic induced thievery. Yeah. Yep. He knew he was carrying around all these high value McDonald's game pieces. And he thought, what if I just take one? Mm, well, I might just help myself. I'll so tell you what if. He started out by giving his stepbrother, whose name was Marvin Braun, so they had different last names. Okay. And he thought nobody, you know, if, if Marvin goes and redeems the thing, his last mm. name's Braun. Nobody's going to make a connection. <laughs> so he gave Marvin a $25,000 winning game piece. So Damn. he just, so he had access, but... So he just took it out of the envelope in a way that didn't indicate the seal had been broken? Or well... Or he was the one who would have checked for that. Yeah. And just well, lied? Or? No, because when oh, when, wait, no. when he would go to where he was supposed Delivered. to go to deliver the high-value uh, piece, he was told where to go. Okay. Get on this an airplane. This goes to the store. Yes. Okay. Which is Get never... Yeah, because, right? Because that's, that's how they did it. They made yes. sure these pieces were yep. distributed throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. where no one person was... Gonna get them and unless you drove across the country to yeah. have McDonald's yeah. in LA and, and then, DC, and we yep. still have to be it. insane. I mean, it's just it was. Yeah. And it's he was really he was accompanied game, so. by a woman. I can't remember her name, but she was um, from like an accounting firm, mm-hmm. and she went with him on every trip. Okay. And he, if he went to a restaurant, she had to go with him. If he went, she had to go with him the whole way, uh-huh. and but he knew she wasn't gonna go with him into the bathroom. Oh. And so he'd switch it yep, with another piece. That's how he was able to switch it. Okay. Also, and the only way he was ever able to do this was a supplier, the supplier who made the special metallic pieces, yeah. like stickers that sealed the envelope mm-hmm. shut, for some reason sent him oh, some of them. Fault. Did he ask for them? And no. Just like, I know it was really just ac- purely so, accidental. I wonder if that was the germ of his idea. Like, I just got these things that could help me cover up taking a piece. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Hmm, maybe I'll go see a psychic and ask if I'm getting a windfall. And so he would take the, so he got the piece, gave the $25,000 one to his, his stepbrother, and his stepbrother redeemed it, mm-hmm. got $25,000, gave whatever cut to Jerry, probably half of it at least. Uh, at least. It's all, it's all Jerry. Uh-huh. Then in 1995, well, it, and he, he, you know, he started giving little, little pieces to people he knew. Mm-hmm. He gave uh, his butcher a $10,000 really? prize ticket. Your butcher, be a little more precious with him, Jerry. <laughs> Is he getting cuts? $2,000. He okay. got $2,000 for a $10,000 winning game piece. He gave his nephew a $200,000 oh winning game piece. Bold. And his nephew gave him $45,000. I think Jerry should have driven a much, 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 much harder bargain. He's the entirely responsible for this thing. All they have to do is go get free money. Yeah. But remember, they have to pay taxes on it. So what? I mean that's still I would I'd say look you get you get ten or twenty percent your risk is minimal mine's everything I'd I'd say yeah twenty percent I get the rest we both pay taxes on, you know whatever it is after taxes we divvy that up eighty me twenty you yeah well that that's the deal Jerry hmm. was doing it for okay then in nineteen ninety five supposedly Jerry overheard the people 
they would they had some sort of random selection system mm. to tell the, the McDonald's people where the high value like the million dollar winner winning tickets are going to go geographically in the country uh, or okay. North America yeah. And supposedly he overheard them when they had randomly selected a Canadian city. Mm. And the people doing it said, oh, no, let's run it again. We don't want to. Really? We don't, we don't want a winning ticket to go to Canada. Wow. We want it to stay in the U.S. Rude. What anti-Canadian. Oh, my. I am Let very offended for Canada at this so, point. So apparently at that what point. What Reynolds think is what I want to know. Supposedly. I have, I have a bracelet right there. It says W. <laughs> W-R-R. Okay. okay. Uh, at that point, Jerry was disillusioned with the integrity of the game that he was already <laughs> okay, cheating Jerry. at. Girl. And thought... You're also a cop. Okay. disillusioned about that, too. Mm-hmm. In Florida, so eh, kind of a cop. So I think it's at this just, point, because up till now, he hadn't done any big prizes, the ones that have to go in his tamper... 200k is not bad. Yeah, but apparently that wasn't. I mean, we're talking millions. So. I know he is at least. Well, the thought. The I mean, where did his step? You said okay, his stepbrother, his, his nephew, nephew his butcher. Yeah, where did he live again? Florida. Florida. He, oh, you're still in Florida. That's right. Um, were they also in the Jacksonville, Florida area? Yes. See, that's that's the risk. Yes, that is, is that suspicious. The, the geography yeah. is too yep. minimized. You've got to find somebody in other parts of the country, mm-hmm. or even God forbid, Canada, and yeah. have them do it. And you know, well, you'll see what he does. Okay, how he he gets around that because the other because the risk in terms of people associated with you is yes. they have last names. That's going to be difficult for someone, even looking at the numbers, to figure out or to yeah. see that pattern. But a geographic mm-hmm. little. A lot of pinpoints there. Yeah, could raise red flags pretty quickly. So I think yeah. it's at this point where, where he gets that the tamper resistant seals yeah. accidentally delivered to him, and he figures out this is how I can do it. And so, but then he also figures I need to figure out a way to recruit these quote unquote winners mm. that can't be traced back to me, so, yeah. and you know, in my and or somewhere else geographical yeah, area. Yes, okay. on a train. Yeah. Well, speaking of strangers on a train, he meets a stranger <laughs> in an airport. Okay. I think the Atlanta airport, because, you know, he's he's flying around all the yeah. time distributing the, the tickets. He meets another Jerry, mm-hmm. whose real name is Gennaro. He's an Italian. Gennaro Jerry Colombo, Sicilian guy. Sure. Colombo. That's a trap. Yes, it is. <laughs> What? He's an investigator. He's oh, going no. undercover to catch this not paper. That, not that kind of Columbo. The name. opposite end of the, <laughs> okay. the crime I stick. He's a, he's a mobster. He's a member of the the Columbo oh, yeah. mafia family. He's a, he's a made man. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He's from Brooklyn, ran strip clubs, illegal gambling operations in South Carolina. So he lives in South Carolina. And like I said, he was related to Joseph Colombo, the head of the New York mafia family. I guess the um, what's that? The Irishman, that movie uh-huh. it has yeah. something to do with that family. Okay. I don't know. Didn't Mixed watch it. Sopranos. Well, they're a fake. They're well, yeah, but they're real. probably based off of that. Band. Probably yes. And <laughs> yeah, no, Jack, I'm going to break it to you. <laughs> the Sopranos were fake. <laughs> okay, you must. What? Jerry's brother Frank uh, describes his brother 
Jerry mm. as a combination of Marlon Brando and Joe Pesci. No. I'm not sure. That's a good thing. Either one. Or Al Capote and Rodney Dangerfield. It's positive. That's oh, not a good thing. My fucking... First of all, that makes sense. I don't believe it's you. It's not a possible. Second of all... Sense of a woman. Oh my God, I get no respect. I'm blind. I don't, sorry, what that was bad. Fuck? Well, for some reason, when the Jerry's meet, Jerry Jacobson, I guess he figures out this is a mobster. He's cool with crime. And told him all about his oh scheme. Oh my Bitch. God, Jerry Jacobson is a stupid human being at this He's point. The, well, we already knew that. Well, psychics, to be honest. But yeah. Like, yeah. So, that, but that's Jerry. just, I mean, no, sure. If you, even so, if your, your sense of, of organized crime is from the movies, all the more reason not to clear. confide in the mobster and tell him what crime you're up they're to. They're not necessarily the most, no. you know, uh, no. noble folk. Yeah. They're not going to you, keep your secret. Yeah, and you'll be doing things niceness. you maybe don't want to do very quickly. Oh. Yep. As a, you might have guessed, geez. Jerry Colombo wanted in on the oh, deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so soon after their um, chance meeting and fast friendship, Jerry Jacobson gave Jerry Colombo uh, one of the winning prize tickets for a new Dodge Viper. I guess there were prizes too. I didn't really remember that. Well, besides so French fries and French fries or a Viper. And a million dollars. Dodge Viper. Yes. I didn't know that. And Jerry Colombo was sort of a roundish Italian guy. Rotund. He, even, he was chubby. He even appeared in one of the McDonald's commercials. No. Saying, I, I got won. the ticket for the Dodge Viper. Yeah. Did he speak like that? Was that a good Probably I not. Know. I can't do a Brooklyn Italian accent. Let's give a shot. Oof, I'm not going to. But actually, Jerry was a little bit too um, husky. Or a Dodge Viper. Hefty to yeah. fit into a Dodge Viper. So he got the cash equivalent instead, uh, which oh. is, I think, usually something you can do when you win a prize like that. I think like so, that. too. Yeah. I remember reading that in the game shows. You can just, you know, it's like, like they'd send you on a vac- vacation Cruise. to Glendale and you'd say, you know what? I'll yeah. take the 60 bucks instead. Yeah. Give me a voucher. Well, so Jerry Colombo began basically being a recruiter for Jerry Jacobson. Hmm. He would recruit his people in his circle because oh. he's down in South Carolina yeah. to be winners for the high dollar yeah. winning tickets. See, Jerry Jenkinson is also dumb because he appears now to be doing this a lot. Yeah. And that's just, you just, you gotta I be know, smart you're about tempting this. tempting fate. Truly. Well, so now we've got some, another middleman taking a cut yeah. of the prizes. So Jerry Jacobson gets his cut. Jerry Colombo gets is getting cut. his cut. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Colombo Gives tickets to uh, one one he gave to his father in law. His wife's name is Robin. He obviously has a completely different name than Jerry Colombo and Jerry Jacobson. He also had a um, girlfriend mm. on the side. Jerry Colombo. Jerry Colombo, okay. a flight attendant. Her name's Lee Cassano. He is doing all kinds of stereotypes there. Yep. I was going to say hitting all the tropes. He gets her a hundred thousand dollar ticket. Whoa. And her story is a is a little bit kind of sad. Uh-huh. He gives her the ticket and basically takes her to the McDonald's, you know, hand in your ticket, and then you like fill out a form or whatever, and then eventually you get a check from McDonald's. Mm-hmm. She gets her check, and he literally goes with her to the bank to get the money, and it's clear it's a prize winning check from you know McDonald's oh. and the guy at the bank is all like 
you know you're going to have to pay taxes on this. Yeah. So make sure you keep enough money, you know, yeah. set aside. Yeah. When you have to pay the taxes, don't forget. And it's almost half, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. Game show winnings, yes. She owes like $50,000 on, on that winnings. Well, of course, her mob boss boyfriend is taking more than that. I don't know how much Jeez. she got, but so she didn't get. I think, actually, what I think happened is he took all of it and then Jeez. told her, I'm going to give you, I'll give you, you know. Enough for the taxes. And then he, you know, she kept asking for the money. And I don't know if she ever got it. Or not, uh, to be honest. Oh, I'd be singing like a canary mm-hmm. if I were her. Hell yeah. I'd be like, bitch, it's him. Don't IRS, don't come for me, go after him. Apparently, Jerry Columba would keep the winning McDonald's tickets that Jerry Jacobson gave him. You know those little plastic round things that you would get like in a little prize machine? It's oh, like, like those little capsules? Yep, like yes. little oh, capsules. Yeah, he'd keep yeah, them yeah. in those and he'd keep them in his freezer. Uh, freezer? Yep. So I guess if he's ever raided or Hidden whatever... Away. Don't think they look in the freezer behind the meat, behind mm-hmm. the peas. In his freezer, in the very back, he also had this wadded up piece of tinfoil. Oh, I was hoping it's going to be, is it a finger? Tell I was just going to say <laughs> a toe. finger, right? It's a couple of a toe or a finger or a ball? An ear. No, an ear. it's very consistent it's with the other things he keeps in his freezer. It's a gray M&M. What? Do you, remember, do you remember that? No. Oh, there aren't gray disgust- M&Ms, are no, there? there aren't. Were there? It's moldy. The Mars Candy Company also ran a contest. Find the gray M&M? There were gray imposter M&Ms hiding in bags of candy. So he scammed every game involving food. If you found a gray M&M in your little bag of M&Ms... Worth a million dollars. Million dollars. How do you get a grand M? How can they possibly prove? Okay, so now at that point, some chemist is going to make a Graham and M. Or just like a baker who can do candy coating for chocolate. And say, here's a Graham M, bro. Hey, Mars and Miri, give me a million bucks. And they're going to say, oh, this was a mistake. Probably did the same thing that McDonald's did where there was like minute details that they could check. Okay, I'd make a hundred different Graham and M's and hopefully one of them. And just have a different disguise every time. Yes, I wear a mustache sometimes, a goatee, a van. Dyke, perhaps. Three I wonder if it was really an M M&M, and M because what if somebody just ate it? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that probably happened. Yeah. No, if you find an M M&M and M inside of a plastic bubble in a freezer, you're probably not going to just eat it. No, no, no. If somebody in got an actual gray one in their bag of M M&M. and M. Oh. Duh. I thought you about Jerry's. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I, I don't oh, remember hearing horrific. about this. Can I you imagine. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I would have thought it was weird. But oh, you go, oh, if you didn't know it was related to a contest, huh? Gray M M&M, and M. Jump. Exactly. Right. And then you find it the next day, and then you kill yourself. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, his wife, Robin, claims she almost ate that gray M&M. Why? Uh, because it was wife. wrapped in tinfoil, but whatever. She, oh, she was real she, hungry. Oh, she thought it might have been um, an eight ball. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's true. Just yes. Could have been black tar heroin. Could've well, been. Jerry Colombo, because he was Italian and mob connected and all that kind of stuff, he started calling... Jerry Jacobs and Uncle Jerry. So Italians do that? So I guess so. It's a it's like a in their custom it's like a sign of respect or whatever. She, wait, the, the Jerry Colombo called Jerry Jacobs and Uncle, Uncle Jerry. Jerry. What, what was the age difference? What were the ages? Um honestly, I don't know. That seems weird. They were probably around the same age. Same age or if the uncle is younger, that seems very strange to me. I don't know. Th- if anything, maybe Jerry Colombo was slightly younger. Okay. Then Jerry Jacobson, I don't know for certain. Okay. I know Jerry um, Jacobson was born like in 1943 or something like that. I'll take your word for it. So, 
But Colombo, like I said, he had strip clubs and all that kind of stuff. And I think at one point he he wanted to go on the up and up, have a legal business. So he started these strip clubs strip in clubs are legal business. South Carolina. No, I know. But he was doing <laughs> oh, illegal was doing, gambling yeah. and stuff like that before. He was, and, he was the, in the numbers racket. So no, he opened no. these clubs and the gimmick was Fuzzy Bunnies, obviously Playboy-ish. Fuzzy Bunnies, okay. But local governments in... Can you explain that to me? What is he? Is it referring to something specific? Strippers? Oh, never mind. No, he's oh. not talking about pubic hair on a woman's vagina. I thought he was. Oh, I, I was assuming they were supposed to be a fuzzy beaver, obviously. Well, I know, but you can't you can't be too on the nose in that business. You gotta be a little more creative. No, here. I think he's just ripping off. Right? I, I thought he was a knockoff Playboy, but I'm pretty to be sure he's just trying to rip off Playboy from okay, Playboy Bunny. But so anyway, local the government. The fuzzy beaver beaver would be a pretty good name for a strip club, though. You have. I'm admit. sure it is. Can sorry. I continue? Yeah, sorry. Okay. sorry we're just talking ah! about strip club names. I know. It's worthwhile. So local governments and probably neighborhood groups and stuff in South Carolina were trying to prevent him from opening these, this, this club. They didn't like it. There were ordinances like you can't have strippers within 1,000 feet of a school or something like that. So he decided he was going to get around these ordinances by declaring his club a church. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Church of the Fuzzy Bunnies. I don't know if that's what titties. it was called. And so they literally would have little Bible readings. Oh my god! Before the strippers in pasties would come out dancing. <laughs> I don't know how long this lasted. <laughs> Matthew three one. <laughs> well, sadly, in nineteen ninety eight, he wasn't doing so well with his wife Robin. You know, she found out. That he was cheating on her. Almost ate po- the M&M, too. Possibly with the flight attendant, who maybe. He rip, who he ripped off. He might have had more than one Probably. girl on the side. And and she actually, I guess, talked to Jerry Jacobson about it. And she claims that Jerry Jacobson said, well, leave him and marry me. <laughs> really? <laughs> Wait. Okay. He was uh, Jerry Jacobson was married, though. Um, probably not at that time. Jerry Jacobson was married seven times. Oh my God. So, but it was the wife who got him the job. Yes. At yep. Security. Yes. Okay. And nursed him back to health. And nursed yeah. him back yes. to health. And then he got divorced. They got divorced. Yeah. That oh. sounds about fucking right. Yep. Seven times. Yeah. Men. Yeah. Good yeah. Lord. She didn't marry Jerry Jacobson. But so in 1998, apparently... Jerry Colombo and his wife Robin were trying to work on their marriage. They had a two-year-old son at the time, and they were driving somewhere. I don't know where they were going, but they were in a horrific car accident. Uh-oh. And they were airlifted oh, to a, um, a hospital. hospital. Yeah, yeah. Robin was, Robin was okay. She had a few broken bones oh. or something. Their son had like Damn. a broken arm, oh. and that was it. He wasn't even in a car seat. He wasn't even belted. Oh, my goodness. In, in fact... Um, Ralph Nader is going to come to their house. I yeah. know. The dad, I think Robin must have been driving, and so Jerry had just unbuckled him out of his car seat because he was tired and he wanted to lay down. <sighs> so he unbuckled him so he could lay down in the back seat and take a nap, and right after he did that is when they got 
into the accident. Hit, yeah. and I guess the car seat the story is, who knows, this is always the story, the car seat was mangled, and if he had been yeah, in the car seat, okay. he would have died. Maybe, maybe Whatever. Not. What happened to Jerry? So Jerry, he called his brother and said, oh, they're airlifting me, we were in a car accident, and, and his brother Frank says, he sounded fine. He's all like, well, why are you, you know, you sound fine, why are you being airlifted? I don't know, whatever. He ends up in ICU, and... You know, Frank and his wife go to visit him, and there's people there, and he seems to be okay. He's talking and everything. Well, apparently, he had all kinds of internal injuries, mm, yep. and two weeks later, he died. Death. That could be a little bit of karma going on there. Mm-hmm. Probably. Although, she almost ate the gram in him. Yes. But he was a different mobster. Couple. Well, so now, Uncle no, wait, Jerry. This is Jerry this, Columbo. No, this is Jerry Jacobson. No, Jerry Columbo. Just Jerry Columbo. Oh, God. The Italian guy. Yeah. So yes. he's dead. So, so he's dead. So now uh-huh. Jerry Jacobson needs a new helper. He needs new recruiters. He needs new middlemen. Well, you know, he did so well. Is this how long has this been going on now? By now? Is this, you said is 1998. This, so it's like Now we're in 98. So. Okay. Yeah, a few years. You know, he did so well meeting his last middleman in an airport. Oh, my Jesus. He meets his next guy on a cruise oh, oh god i was gonna say a train station <laughs> and you know by this time this is going great for uncle jerry you know he's super confident he's not he, your uncle Gary. he's, he's you know he's got his method down pat he's got his little scheme and it's and it's working really well doesn't the person who goes with him to these cities think it's always weird how he has to go to the bathroom before he hands over the ticket to the guy at the McDo- to the mcdonald's manager i don't know you think that person would have He's doing it in the in airport bathrooms. Oh, so, so okay. got it. It makes perfect sense. Damn it! I thought he was at the McDonald's when he got there. Yeah. Damn it! I thought I, I thought I, never mind. And you know he's he's got the things in a briefcase. So all the accountant had to do mm. was say, "I'll keep that while you go to the bathroom," and yeah, his thing would have been foiled. But then he could have said, um, "I can't trust you with that. You might be. To, uh, I can't imagine what you might be up to, but you might be up to no good. True. I'll take that with me." Although, no, I'd be like I'm the one staying in the public space. Yeah. Oh. And he he designed his own little vest that he would wear under his clothes, and that's where he would stash the real mm-hmm. tickets. Oh my God, he's yep. a sundial salesman. Mm-hmm. And he would say, because you could tell he had this vest on, and he used to say it was a, he was wearing a bulletproof vest okay. because he was so worried because he was uh-huh. carrying these million dollar tickets. That's Jeez. so funny. Mm-hmm. Like he's a brink security. Yes. <laughs> and the people said when he would arrive at the place where they were supposed to put the tickets on the you know McDonald's products and stuff like that, he would make this big show of here's this see this seal. It's you know you can tell it's tamper. You know it hasn't been tampered with. Yeah. And yeah. well, that in, uh, in and of itself would be suspicious mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I'd be like, yep. buddy. Yeah. I didn't ask. I wasn't, didn't think it was, but now I do. I know. Let me draw attention to the very thing that could give me away. Yep. Not a great plan, Columbo. Nope, not Columbo. JJ. Jerry Jacobson. And I don't know if he had, if he did have some little bit of guilt about what he was doing or if maybe he was a little bit generous, but. He decided that in 1998, he wanted to do something good with one of these million-dollar winning tickets. So he decided to send it anonymously to St. Jude Children's Hospital. Well, that's incredibly stupid. Why? Because they're going to know that's not okay. That's not how the game works. You're right. Because 
supposedly the, ga- the ga- tickets are not transferable or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So McDonald's, when they find out about it, great PR for McDonald's, yeah, right? Yeah, we'll find out who this winner is. He was so generous. No, not uh, that. No, uh, million dollars to yeah. some dudes. Oh, like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. you can't really win the prize, but McDonald's will donate oh. a million dollars to St. Jude is how that worked. And this little stunt made the national news. It was a big deal. I think Ronald McDonald was there. The Ronald McDonald. That now McDonald's has caught wind. So a touch of dignity in this very for this charitable hospital Mm -hmm. there. Having Ronald actually give them the money. (laughs) That's that's classic. Uh, Well, no, the hamburger tried to steal it, and Ronald got it back. And then Grimace, who is a taste bud. This did not make McDonald's suspicious. They everybody thought some generous person won a million dollar genuinely won it million dollar game piece and just sent it to St Jude Hospital. Uh, Interesting. I mean, I'd want to know who. Yeah. If I but I would still want to know who. I know, but they there's no way no way to do it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well, so he still needed more recruiters, and of course. Manhunt. He goes on a cruise and he meets a man named Don Hart, who's from Georgia. And this is his eighth wife? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a man. Uh, that could oh, be a wife. Okay. If you want it to be. <laughs> sure. He had previously run a trucking company, and Don brings in two other Jeez. people. Stop bringing in more people. Richard. Couture, couturier, something <laughs> like that. He's mixed couture. Couture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dick and Gautier. And a guy named Andrew Glom, G-O-L-M-B. Oh, I like that name. Richard Couturier. Just call him Rick. <laughs> yeah, Rick. He liked to give his pieces, game pieces, away at parties. And uh, Andrew Glom was kind of a little criminal himself. Hmm. He had done prison time for transporting cocaine on an airplane and he would give his pieces, game pieces, to people he thought were in dire need of money. One wait, of wait, whom, they're not getting cuts? Well, I'm sure work? they were, yes. Okay. You'd get, they'd get a cut of it because okay. they'd have to give a cut yeah, to, to presumably, JJ. yeah, and maybe okay. even Don Hart, yeah, the guy that it's brought him in. This is like a marky MLM scam mm-hmm. with other people's money. Yep. And the last person that Uncle Jerry found to help him with recruiting winners was a real um, upstanding citizen, a member of the Mormon church, real estate developer. Hoffman. No. If that gives you any idea of... It doesn't. (laughs) David Miscavige. His name was Dwight Baker. Dwight Baker. He had gotten injured... In a tractor accident. He injured his spine in a tractor accident. I don't know what a real estate developer is doing on a tractor, but... Just getting his hands dirty. Yeah. in on it, man. So, you know, let me do that for a while. And then he almost Well, he had fallen on hard times financially and wasn't doing so well at the moment. He had five kids and a wife, and they had been playing the Monopoly, the McDonald's Monopoly game themselves, collecting the little pieces. Just five kids? Just one wife? Yeah. Huh. Hoping to to win one of those big prizes to help pay off. In fact, he he owed tens of thousands of dollars in back taxes. That's a terrible plan, by the way, to pay off your back taxes. <laughs> yes, Just it is. FYI. Well, Dwight Baker thought he would give one of the prize pieces to his foster son, who is now an adult but had come to stay with them when he was, I think, like a teenager. Twenty nine. Gave one to his sister-in-law and some other friends who they had to go through 
some process to do this. They had to set up a resident, you know, kind of like a phony residence because they had to to be from different areas. They couldn't have so many winners and, you know, all of Dwight Baker's winners couldn't live yeah. in um, the town of Fair Play, South Carolina, Fair which is where he South lived. Ah. Okay. Um, That's perfect. So they would... So they would make up, you know, phony addresses and so they could have their mail sent to different parts of the country so they weren't all in one area. But unfortunately, by this time... Was this a normal amount of winnings? Yeah. You know, did did McDonald's notice, like, huh, there's a lot more winners these last few years? Or is it just... No, I don't think so. ...background noise? I guess not, yeah, because they know... That those number of winning tickets are going out, right? Yeah, they're just not going to the McDonald's store to be okay. They're not being yeah. distributed correctly. Yes, they are. Yeah, but they don't have any idea. No, how the huh. game pieces are being distributed. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not tracking that. Look, we sent them to these places, and people who won them didn't weren't from those places. Right. Yeah. They sent them to Maryland, and the winner was in South Carolina. They sent them to whatever. You'd Seattle, they, and the winner was in You'd think they would have. I know. you think they, they would have found this out but, very yeah, quickly. I didn't read anywhere or, or see anywhere in the documentary where Jacobson was keeping track of that, because he knew where he was delivering the pieces, yeah. the supposed winning pieces to. Do you have any idea how many... I mean, how how many per year? How many winnings, say uh, twenty five thousand dollars and above, was McDonald's giving out? Because I, I don't know. It would just literally take a spreadsheet and go, okay, it was sent to this place. The winner was this person right. at this place, and you would see this disconnect very yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. And maybe he was telling them, set up a phony residence in Maryland. Yeah. Set up a phony residence. Was he though? In, I wonder. I don't know. No. That's what I said. They never, they never Specifying. said that he was doing that. Yeah. But if he was smart, he would have been doing he, that. But we proved he, he was not. Yeah. First of all, he got a mobster involved really quickly. Yes. So, so well, no. but lucky for him, the mobster died. Yeah. Okay. Ha. Well, so in March of 2000, so now we're in 2000, the FBI gets an anonymous tip. The tip is that someone named Uncle Jerry <laughs> was rigging the McDonald's Monopoly game uh. and stealing game pieces and selling them. That's interesting. That yes. indicates it's from someone who is tangentially involved with it. They, just, they heard somebody say something about Uncle Jerry being mm-hmm. the, the you know, main person, and that's all or they knew. Or maybe somebody wants revenge. But they didn't give any more details than that. Hmm. So that's not a whole lot no, to go on if you're in the FBI. And this, this uh, tip went to the Jacksonville, Florida FBI office. Okay, that's warmer. Because mm-hmm. they do have a guy named Jerry in the security department of... Dittler that actually flies the pieces around. That actually and he used to be, be a cop in Jacksonville. Would be a de- he and lives in Jacksonville, Florida continually. Well, that's actually not a bad tip. So the FBI at the time they're working on, um, I guess, healthcare fraud was a big deal at the mm-hmm. time, wow. and they were doing white collar stuff. Okay. And so the the agent in charge who got this tip just kind of whatever didn't sound like a big deal to him. He probably didn't even know a whole lot about the the McDonald's Monopoly game. See, if he had played the game and only gotten small fries and small sodas, he would have been really pissed off and wanted to (laughs) get to the bottom of that. Or maybe he would have thought, oh, so what? Somebody's rigging it to win fries and sodas? Who cares? Uh If I didn't realize how much money So the tip didn't say it's cash. It's just that someone's cheating. Correct. A more junior agent, I guess, saw the little note on his desk about this tip. And said something like, hey, what is that? And he goes, oh, I don't know, this McDonald's thing. And he, he, so he said, you mind if I look into it, you know, check into it? And so he did. 
And if you watch the McMillions HBO documentary series on this, that young FBI agent is all over the documentary. <laughs> he loves the camera. Oh, His name is Doug something. But he's very entertaining and funny. But so they start looking into it and saying, this is a big fraudulent scheme. They took some winners. You know, they looked at recent winners. Yeah. And I think they had to contact McDonald's to, to find out some winners. And they started looking trying to see if any of them were connected yeah, in any the, way. Yeah, that'd be the first way you do it, because if you're going to scam this thing, you've got to know the people who are in cahoots with yep. you somehow. And so they thought, do we contact McDonald's right off the bat? Because what if somebody high up in McDonald's is involved in well, this? But they already got some names of winners, right? Well, so they had to tell them something at McDonald's. I, probably before they got the names of winners. So what they, I think what they did was they contacted the head of security for McDonald's. For McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's, okay. And said, this is the FBI. We need you to come meet with us in Jacksonville, Florida, the Jacksonville, Florida FBI office. And I guess <laughs> the guy at McDonald's said, okay. Uh, Didn't know why. And so when he got there, they explained to him what was going on. And I think they, you know, hashed out, what do we do? How do, you know, so he probably provided them with a lot of the information they needed on who winners were and stuff yeah. like that. And so they would they went through phone records to see are there any common contacts where these winners are having phone contact with the same person. Mm -hmm. And that's how they find a name. Mm. And they knew oh, they had so they Uncle Jerry. Oh, I see. Like a massive phone tree and they Yep. Okay. And then they, I think they found Jerome. I don't know if that, that's when they find Jerome. Maybe I should look at my notes. <laughs> um, oh, they, they did. They found out that three recent winners were all connected to this Uncle Jerry. And uh, let's see here. Wait, to Uncle Jerry, you mean Jerome? Some yeah, that's who Uncle Jerry is. I know, is. but you know what I mean? They... Well, I don't think they knew who Uncle Jerry was, but they knew that it, a common contact. Huh. They, the it three people were Uncle Jerry. were connected. Okay. I don't think they knew who Uncle Jerry was yet. Like through Dwight and those other people that he was working well, with? Well, eventually. Huh. And they realized that these three winners were connected with a common contact. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the odds of just one person winning were astronomical. The odds of three people who had some sort of connection to each other was all but impossible. Yeah, that raises a red flag. Yes, couldn't happen. So so they get the top brass from McDonald's to come to a meeting. Mr. McDonald himself. Mm -hmm. Ronald. And they tell them, you know, we know something's going on with your Monopoly game, but... What we want you to do to help us figure it out is oh, run the game again. A sting, bitch. So that we can mm. then, if because they were going to get permission to do wiretaps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so they thought there will be phone communication. You know, communication with Uncle Jerry. And then they'll be able to, to basically catch him in the act. And that would be better evidence for future prosecutions. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised they didn't look into the printing company. 
Dittler Brothers. Yeah, they're actually doing it and distributing it. Exactly, right? which is where the source of the issue was. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they did. It, no, it wasn't Dittler. It was Simon Marketing. He went. He, he started out with Dittler. Oh, remember? So and now then he's I said he worked his way up. Yeah, and oh, he was working for Simon Marketing okay. when he was traveling around and when he was actually okay. selling the tickets. So whatever. So okay, Simon yeah. Marketing is still yeah. whoever whoever is actually making and shipping the tickets. Those are the people yeah, you should surprised. be looking at. Well, they do figure out. They don't know for sure that Jerome Jacobson is Uncle Jerry because they also have a lot of phone, the, you know, common phone things with winners with Jerry Colombo. Mm. So they have two possible Uncle Jerry's. Yeah. And so they know that Colombo's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, like, if it's still going on and Colombo's dead, I think that takes care of one of your Jerry's. Yeah. He's been dead since 98. It's now 2000. That's true. So. Well, but he could have been the original Uncle Jerry. That's true. So they thought, you know, as soon as we tell the McDonald's guys, this is what we want to do, run the game again, they'd be, okay, we'll go do it. And they said, we're going to go think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and the FBI guys were a little disappointed. So I guess it had to go all the way up to the CEO of McDonald's to, to, to allow it to happen. Yeah, Ronald. Oh, is that Grimace? Yeah, Grimace okay. is the CEO. <laughs> and so obviously they end up saying, yeah, go ahead and do it. Because what do, what do they have to, you know, what's the risk? A few mil, million dollars. And if they don't do it, well, <laughs> they, McDonald's, yeah, either, it, it's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And the, the, their sales will increase. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to gain true. more in new sales than, than they could possibly risk. And also, I think they weighed the, the bad press, press if when this all yeah. comes out, it the FBI says McDonald's did not cooperate. Yeah. So, so I guess, okay, so that, that's the key there because mm -hmm. yeah. otherwise if it's not going to come out, if McDonald's doesn't run the game again, I think they don't run the game again. Yeah. But since they knew it was going to come yes. out regardless. They, they knew it was going to come out regardless. And people would lose trust in the institution. <laughs> that is well, McDonald's. They were also probably shitting their pants thinking, well, what if it's an inside job? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it kind she of was, but what if it was a McDonald's employee? Yeah, then yeah. That Which that's what I was thinking that when you said they contacted the head of McDonald's security, he's a uh -huh. potential person. I know. So, and or they she. really had no way of knowing, but so they wanted to basically gather evidence. So they contacted a lot of the past fraudulent winners <laughs> and they used the McDonald's real like corporate spokesperson PR kind of lady. Yeah. Her name's Amy Murray. So they basically set up this little undercover operation where they would contact these winners and say, we're a production company for McDonald's. They named it Shamrock Productions. Sure. And it was all FBI agents except for Amy, who really was the um, McDonald's employee because she knew what to say and what game questions uh. to ask and things like that how she would really do this if she was, this is something yeah. she was doing for McDonald's and they would basically, you know, s set them up with this backdrop and it was basically interview style, asking them questions like, tell us how you won. What were yeah. you doing? How, what was your day? You know, how were Ooh. you, you know, where did you get the ticket? What McDonald's did you go to? And uh -huh. but knowing they're lying yeah. about everything they're telling them in this story. She's basically interrogating these. Yes. Hoes. Now and let's then, see the receipt from that McDonald's on that day. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they'd Let be able to 6 30 PM. <laughs> mm -hmm. They'd be able to use that. And this one guy, I forget like 
I forget what his first name was, Michael Hoover or something like that, telling That's this of his names. elaborate story about how he was on a beach and he was reading a People <laughs> magazine and the, a gust of wind carried oh his People magazine into the ocean, but he really wanted to finish that People magazine. I forget what. World's sexiest man. Yeah. So I think he, that was the Clooney. Issue. No, Brangelina breakup. I mean, yeah, no, it could have been that. Brandon Benefer breakup. So he had to go to the store to buy another People magazine and... You know, he was flipping through it, and he found the McDonald's insert with the game piece, and that's how he won his wow. million dollars. Mike, okay. settle down. Just and say, there were two f- sets of footprints in the sand. Honestly, I would, I'm just, I'm, don't really remember. That was a long time ago. I don't know. I just went to McDonald's, and I bought yeah. a Coke. Really? I would remember in minute detail how I won a million dollars. I suppose I would. I probably yes. would... I wouldn't gild the oh, lily. Oh, he knew all the details. The whole, he, yeah, he told yeah. details. They just knew it wasn't true. And they asked him what he did with his money. And he said... Gave um, most of it to a mobster. He bought a boat that he named Ruthless Scoundrel. Oh, well. And I think he was one... I don't know if he was one of um, Columbo's recruits or not. But Columbo's father-in-law, his wife Robin's father, he was one of the people that they brought in to... to do the video. He claimed that he was in New Hampshire because his fake residence was in uh, New Hampshire. So he was trying to tell the story about how he was in New Hampshire and where he bought the ticket. And the poor man, he it's in the um, the HBO documentary. You could tell he was lying. He was sweating. And they would have to tell him, here, you want to mop your brow? Because I mean, just sweating. And you could just tell he's trying to make up this story as he's going along, yes. why he didn't yeah. figure it out beforehand and uh, have yeah. his story ready. But Tell us about New Hampshire. Well, the, yeah. there's lots of palm trees, and I remember... <laughs> um, there was a Martha Stewart, I, I think. I'm pretty sure. It was hilarious. Well, so then in 2001, the FBI asked, you know, because they were rerunning the, the game, they, said, they asked them to delay sending out the prize money to winners and then the people who are waiting for their money mm-hmm. they're going to get all Fancy. panicky and they start calling mm-hmm. start calling uncle jerry start calling people saying see, where's my money uh, i got it you know i see so go after people who aren't but real winners are going to be calling too right or are they just holding the money of the fake winners just or? yeah okay. just the fake yeah. ones because they know and so one of the dwight baker's people he's the the good upstanding mormon Hmm. real estate developer. One of the people that he recruited was his sister-in-law, his wife's sister. Her name was Brenda with a $500,000 game piece. And he said, you know, because he needed money and he had already given a million dollar ticket to his foster son, George Chandler. a massive cut, I have no doubt. I don't know how much he got. He got some. George Chandler had to pay $100,000 for that. $1 $1 million ticket. And so you don't get a million dollars up front. You get $50,000 a year oh, for 20 years. Well, I didn't know that. So George had to pay $100,000. He doesn't start making money until the third year. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's not a Long get rich So quick. George had to it's give a, Dwight hundred k and mm-hmm. that was going to be Dwight's total cut, I assume. No, no, Dwight didn't get the whole hundred oh. k Some of it had to go to... I don't know how much Dwight would get out of that because wow. some had to go to Jerry, right? These, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah these guys. Right. 
they're not that great. So Dwight no. wants some money, and he wants some money now. So he's so he's offered this five hundred thousand dollar ticket. He doesn't have the money to pay Jerry Jacobson for it, but he knows his sister in law does. So mm. he says, "Hey, you buy the ticket." And so we'll, basically, you're you're paying Jerry's cut up front. Yes. Okay. And so he said, "You get the ticket, you redeem it, and we'll split the money." Okay. And so he thought he was going to have to convince her, talk her into it. <laughs> He's like, I'm in. Yep. She took it immediately. So, you know, she goes, she goes through the process to redeem the ticket. And you have to wait until you get your little FedEx envelope with your check in it from McDonald's. Mm. And so on the day that, or, you know, when he knew that she was going to have gotten her FedEx envelope, he goes over to her house, you know, probably all excited to get his cut of the money. And, he goes inside and he sees a empty FedEx envelope on the floor. It had been opened and now it's empty and so is her house. Oh my god, it was worth I thought she was wealthy. Well, was I don't the whole know. Thing? I don't know how wealthy I mean, she was, but she had enough money to pay whatever. It's a five hundred thousand dollar ticket. I can't imagine this a, a small amount of money that Jerry's going to want. He's going to want a well, sizable a, cut. I would probably think. fifty thousand. Okay, so fifty thousand. So he's enough to make fifty thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Is five hundred thousand low enough where they get it at one lump sum? I think so. Must be really. It must be. Otherwise, yeah. it's not worth it for her yeah. to, to do a runner for her yeah. to go to Brazil or yeah. whatever. So she gets five hundred k and takes off. Runner. So she's not going to run the pay the tax either. She gets five hundred k depending on where she's going. Right. So she's up net four fifty. Yep. She's going to Acapulco. Yeah, so, she's going to some place where she's not going to worry about paying U.S. taxes. Well, the FBI is our—they know that you know she redeemed the fraudulent five hundred thousand dollar ticket, and so is his sister or sister-in-law? Sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Okay. His his wife's his current wife's sister. Wow. So the FBI has their phones tapped, so they're, you know. Talk, making the mistake of talking about this on the phone and oh my god she she's running away with the money and yeah. let's go get her she's got to you know she must have gone to the airport and so they track her to the airport and the FBI it, at one point i don't know oh cuz he was trying to call her mm-hmm. and so the FBI h- heard those calls well he didn't hang up mm-hmm. what so they can hear him him and his wife talking about, oh my God, let's go to the airport, let's go get her, let's, you know. Yeah, these are not good criminals. They thought that they were talking about they're going to kill her. They're pissed off. She's got the cash, their cash. Consider it. I know, that would be a logical conclusion. She's at the airport, they're going to go kill her. So now they're thinking, shit, we can't stand by and let somebody get killed, (laughs) right? So they have to scramble, get FBI agents, to the, she's at the Indianapolis airport, I think. They have to get FBI agents to the airport where sister-in-law Brenda is to prevent her from getting killed, but they have to be undercover because they don't want to tip Dwight off that mm. they're on to them. So in the end, they weren't planning on killing her. They were talking about confronting her, mm. apparently, at the airport. Yeah. Well, so, if she's at the airport, they're probably not going to kill her at the airport. So that's probably They drag her out. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's what they were talking. They were saying we can't do it at the airport. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, maybe they I, they might have. Well, been they opinion. might. Yeah. I, they well, might Dwight have been. Dwight laughs about it 
in the documentary and says, no, we weren't talking about killing her. We were talking about we can't confront her in the airport. Uh-huh. Really? Why not? Why couldn't you? People have exactly. fights in the airport all the time. Yes, absolutely, they could confront her in the airport. Well, maybe not about a multi-state no, scam. No, but you, you could, sure you could. You find a semi-private place. No one's going to know what you're talking about. Is there a semi-private place at Well, you know airport? what I mean? But no, people aren't going to know. Yeah, I mean. Give us the money you owe us. People aren't going to know what that yeah. means. Oh, that must be a scam. <laughs> but so anyway, I don't know what ended up going down, but they did not kill her, and the no. FBI didn't have to do anything at that point okay. and compromise their... Did she, did she get out of the country? The no. sister? No. No. Oh. So they also are continuing their wiretaps and surveillance, and Jerry and Dwight... Again, with Dwight, they had made a plan to meet somewhere along the highway between their homes. I think Jerry was in Atlanta. Dwight was in South Carolina, I think. So whatever the highway is where mm. they would meet. I-95. I have no idea. It I don't be. think so. But that's where they were going to meet. But they weren't more specific than that. So the FBI really didn't have any idea. They knew mm. the date and time-ish they were going to meet. So they had to kind of surveil this big, long stretch of highway and try to deduce where they could possibly be meeting at a restaurant. At uh, a, I'm going to say a McDonald's. At a restaurant, hmm. at a McDonald's. It's got to be a McDonald's. Well, apparently there was a, a winery, the Chateau Ilan. And in South Carolina? Wherever, halfway in between. Well, uh, Georgia and South Carolina are, are borders, so they're not that far apart. Well, wherever they were in those states. Who knows? And so that was one of the places that they thought was a a potential meeting place. And so apparently that's where they met. They just each pull up in their cars in the parking lot. And they actually, FBI had a helicopter. And (sighs) and then they also had somebody down on the ground. And they could literally see them exchanging Mm. envelopes or whatever. And they got video of it. So this was great evidence. Evidence. The helicopter, though, not very stealthy, guys. It's not. It didn't they tip them like, off. What is it? What is it hovering above us? Uh, huh. If I were them, I would be on high alert. Yeah. Well, they also, the FBI also, too, and remember when I told you they set up the fake production company to get the past winners? Shamrock um, Productions. Talk to them. Named after, na- oh, that's a good one. I thought it was named, but it's named after the vanilla. Yeah. Shake mint. with a uh, green food color. Probably. Correct? Well, they. Um, it's not mint. Is it really mint? The yeah. Shamrock Shake. I haven't had Shamrock Shake yeah. since 1984, so they I don't are know. Mint. They're gross. Well, they told them that they McDonald's was going to have this special reunion of past winners and they were going to invite them, all expenses paid, mm. to this wonderful reunion in Las Vegas. And when at the reunion in Vegas, they were going to have the, you know the big screen, and they were going to play these videos of the winners talking about how they won their millions. <laughs> That's and, really and funny. what they did with it. Because it's, why would yeah. McDonald's I know. ever do that? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, really? Yeah. Sure. Why? PR. Why would it be worth PR. it? Film it. Yeah. Go. Oh, I guess you yeah. two can win. Yeah. More people go to McDonald's and don't win. Mm-hmm. So in August two thousand one, when John, John Ashcroft. Ashcroft. Announced this, uh, the eight people were arrested, and they, funny story, they were all across the country. They weren't all in one place, obviously, and so the they had to arrange with different FBI offices in different parts of the country to make the arrests, and so they had to fax all of you know the the 
all their arrest information hmm. to the different offices, and it was like 20, 30 pages long. There was a lot of information. Ooh, that fax noise. Yes, mm-hmm. and so they were faxing it, and so the person who was sending out the faxes, they had like speed dials of the different FBI offices on the FBI fax machine. Uh, why they would have this number on their speed dial, I don't know, but he thought he up. was hitting the Greenville FBI office number. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was the Greenville News the, number. Oh. Well, that does make sense. Yeah, but maybe they, have it on a different machine, yes, not the machine that you're sending yes, this. for security yeah. purposes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. So That's awkward. Tw- That's a big fuck What's up. What's this? Yes. This 20, and this is like the day that the arrests are supposed to be made. This 24 year old reporter who he does the crime beat or whatever gets into the office and he said, There's this big packet on his chair, and he looks at it and he's flipping through it from the FBI. No big deal. You know, it's probably something that they've gotten before, but he's reading through it. It's not a press release, it's a this is like an ongoing an internal investigation. Document. This yeah. is they're talking about, you know, making arrests and and so he talked to his boss about it. And I don't know how the FBI figured out. I don't, maybe they called the FBI. Because the Greenville FBI goes, we didn't get it. And he yeah, goes, oh my exactly. god, the button right <laughs> below you yes. is. Uh, I'll call you back. Hey, where's that fax? Damn oh, it! Could you imagine? And oh they, shit, my pants. Yeah, pissing, shitting, and crying. Yep. So. Um, the assistant or the U.S. attorney who was prosecuting the case and some other FBI guys had to fly real quick to the Greenville News and they said, beg and plead with them. Don't run with this story. And they were under, the newspaper was under no obligation. Yeah. 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 They could have done it if they wanted to, but they promised them uh, write the story and you'll be able to put it on your website. Do they have a website in 2001? Before anybody else does. But they also promised them scoop it. to and tell them where scoop. to be to take photos and oh, stuff okay, like that. So good. they could, yeah. Right. So they did that and I apparently they did agree to it. That's what you got to do. Sure. Mm-hmm. You got to barter. So eight people were arrested that day and I guess it was a big deal about who was going to go arrest who. And okay, so yeah, they they arrested everybody Dwight Baker's wife, Linda, also got arrested. Linda. Uh, she deserves it. Gloria Brown, she was, I didn't talk too much about her, but she was a million-dollar winner. She was a friend of Jerry Colombo's wife, Robin. And she didn't have a lot of money. She had to mortgage her house to come up with the money to pay for her ticket. That's not a good idea, Lin- uh, mm. not Linda. Gloria. Gloria. And then, you know, you only get $50,000 a year. And yeah. I, I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at, but you're not rich. And to the world, to yeah. your friends, to everybody in town, it looks like you're a millionaire. Yeah. You won a million dollars, but you're not. Yeah. You don't, you know, it's not a ton of money every year. And, um, and because she got it fraudulently, she didn't even get all of yeah. it. So Damn. so anyway, didn't really put her in a very good position, but you know, she was on the list of people to be arrested and she wasn't arrested immediately, but her sister called her to tell her, "Hey, turn on the TV. They're talking about you." Oh. And on the news. By name? Yes. Ooh. And Ooh. so it said she had been indicted. Oh. For you know, in this McDonald's scheme, and she's all like, "Oh shit!" And while she's on the phone with her sister, 
the knock, FBI knock. comes a knocking. Huh. And she's in the documentary too, and she's you know this real nice lady and who just got caught up in in something and which obviously she knew was wrong. Yeah. But as soon as the FBI's in her house, she's spilling everything. She's admitted yeah. to everything. She told them all that she knew. So they didn't arrest her hmm. that day. She had been indicted. She was in trouble. She was being charged, but. They let her, you know, get her affairs in order before anything happened to her. And I'm pretty sure she pled guilty and got a deal. I don't think she did any jail time, to be honest. And um, the last person to be arrested was Andrew Glom in Florida because he he lived in a house behind gates. <laughs> the FBI couldn't just go knock on his front door, so they had to... to wait a while to come up with some scheme to get him to come out for some reason. Free pizza? Like because a vampire? They have to be invited in? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. They can, they can go and pay a well, warrant. Well, he yeah. thought they had a warrant for his arrest. Yeah, confused. Like they didn't want to bash the gates in. I would in, call the thing so. and say, come out or we're yeah. going to bash your gates in. Your I'd say choice. buzz, buzz, Andrew. Well, eventually the And actually, we have no problem bashing your gates in. In fact, we prefer to. You have I 10 seconds. say, yeah, bash the rich bitch's gates mm. in. Well, apparently the FBI back in those days didn't Why do that. Why is so nice to him? I know. <laughs> I say they should be meaner to rich people. They got the sheriff to coax them out on some pretext what? about burglaries in the neighborhood or something like that. And so they arrested him then. Um, Uncle Jerry, Jerome... Uh, they got him in Atlanta, and they also seized a sports car that had a trash bag full of money in the trunk. Oh, Jerry. For some reason. Yeah. I don't know. He's like his getaway thing. Like, if he hears about he's it all fall down, I'm going to drive off my Dodge Viper with my bag of yeah, cash. Yeah, probably. George Chandler was also indicted, the, the foster son, the good Mormon guy, Dwight. Baker. Baker's. Foster son. He was a million dollar winner who had to come up with hundred thousand uh, dollars. The story Dwight Baker gave him when he was offering him the ticket wasn't that you know, hey, I bought this ticket from the or you know, you can buy this ticket from the McDonald's guy. Was that you know he knew a guy who had the ticket, but he was going through a messy divorce, uh. and he really got the ticket after the divorce had started, but he knew that the wife you know was a horrible yeah. woman and was going to try to claim half of the winnings. So if you just give him $100,000, really? So he could have $500,000 yeah. and give his wife, but didn't want 250, to. Two hundred fifty. So he'll yeah. give you the million for $100,000. Yeah. Either he's making the story that, you know, mm-hmm. he really was never told that, or he's just dumb. So that's, that's how George got his. So he was also indicted and charged. There were like 51 people charged in this scheme they all pled guilty except for seven and george was one of the ones who wanted to go to trial because he claims he really didn't know anything about it and he could afford a good attorney and that attorney tried to you know who who knew the u.s attorney they had worked together before or something like that so he thought oh I, we got this in the bag. You didn't know about it. You know, I'll get them to drop the charges or whatever. And the U.S. attorney said, no, sorry. If we drop the charges against him, we're going to have to drop the charges against yeah. other Everybody people. Everybody can make up a story how yeah. they didn't Yeah, wrong. you know you didn't walk into a McDonald's and get this ticket. Yeah. You still bought. Fraudulent. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. still fraud. 
And yeah. just because you thought you were doing it in a slightly just you less s- dishonest say way. Say you thought. Yeah, I know. Yeah, That's yeah. still dishonest. Exactly. They were trying to, his attorneys were trying to claim, claim that it's not fraud <laughs> because. No. Yeah, they broke the McDonald's game rules, and right? End but up the sentence tickets are, <laughs> but but the game rules aren't a law, right? Yeah, you don't, it's, but it's, it's still fraud because yeah. you're still claiming claiming that you got this ticket. That, yeah, you're defrauding McDonald's. McDonald's. You are defrauding McDonald's. So, yeah, and that's and they're giving that's you real money, so we're act. down here. And if you fill out a form. And send it through the U.S. mail. Oh, what is that? Federal Brown, offense. Baby. Mail fraud. Oh, mail fraud. So is that a federal? Is mail yes. fraud? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, good. That's how they get a lot okay. of people. Yeah. On things. Through so anything to do with the mail. Yep. So they were charged with conspiracy and mail fraud. So he was actually convicted, and then got it overturned. What a dick! Yeah. Did he ever go to jail? No. Nope. Well, he probably spent the night in jail or something wow. like that. Yeah. That sucks. Rich people. He's the I don't I think he's the worst one. He's gonna jail the longest, even more so than JJ. Mm-hmm. At least JJ said, you know what? I'm a crook. Did JJ plead guilty or did he, he be bunk mates? Try to fight it as well. Was he one of the seven? No, he pled guilty. Okay. See? He he got thirty seven months in jail, ordered to pay twelve point five million dollars. That he probably didn't have. It, which yeah. yeah. Well he I mean, he probably had a nice chunk of money. Yeah. But. But yeah, I doubt if he ever paid that back. He's still alive. He's like in his seventies or whatever. He wasn't anywhere in the documentary. Documentary. He didn't. He didn't talk. But he had family. Like his son talked about him and stuff like that. So, oh, Robin Colombo, Mm -hmm. Jerry Colombo's wife, she was also indicted. She happened to already be in prison (laughs) on the day they were going around and arresting people on another fraud charge. Yeah. And so they did go to talk to her uh, there, and I'm sure she was charged. I don't know what happened to her. She's not in jail anymore, and she is very prominently displayed in the documentary, and she's hilarious. So there were lawsuits between McDonald's and Simon Marketing, which I find hilarious. Why would Simon Marketing sue McDonald's? Simon Marketing Marketing sued sued McDonald's? McDonald's. I I was going to say that, too. What? That and they won. No sense. How? Or, or no, they didn't win. They uh, McDonald's settled for like sixteen million dollars. They agreed to pay what? them sixteen million dollars. I don't get it. They I both don't. They get both it. sued each other for breach of contract. Doesn't make sense. Uh, Burger King, a bunch of Burger King franchises, also decided to sue McDonald's for un- unfair promotion and false advertising. Oh my God! Why is B- Burger yeah. King? Yeah. Jesus. Um, but ultimately, that suit was dropped. Pizza Hut got in and Subway yeah. was pissed. Yeah. So Any then, other fast food chain. I know. That's you stupid. Too. Very stupid. So partially to make up for the bad PR, because it was a very big stain on McDonald's reputation, they uh, decided to give away $25 million in prizes, including one, uh, like 15 $1 million instant prizes. Uh, you get the whole money. And All of it? And the, yeah, and okay. the, and it was random oh. at random places, and supposedly, yep, no, 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 that okay. it was true, <laughs> but so they said that it was not advertised; it had to be on the down low, yeah. just like you walk into a McDonald's, ah. here's a million dollars, kind of thing, ah. because it was part of a deal of a, a settlement and a lawsuit that was brought by two McDonald's customers saying, you know, they had 
participated in, in this promotion, gone to McDonald's a lot, bought a lot of yeah. things thinking they were they had an equal chance of anybody else to win a million dollars. That's your first and mistake. And they didn't. Yeah. Also, I mean, not McDonald's fault, right? No. They really had no knowledge of it. So, yeah. But anyway, um, it argued that the, the $10 million, the makeup giveaway that they were doing, if they add, if they made it a promotion, McDonald's yeah, it, is getting exactly. something out yeah, of it because oh, it's yeah. going to increase their sales. 40%. So that's why it couldn't be a promotion. It had to be on the down low. So they did it. They still do similar things. And, um, but obviously they have created a special promotion task force mm. to make sure things are secure. I'm not sure they still do. Yeah. Monopoly. Do they still do monopoly? The, I, the, um, I don't think they do. I've, not monopoly, I but similar kinds yeah. of things. But not monopoly. Yeah. Not monopoly. Not, okay. not monopoly. And still, but still, you win stuff. Yes. Yeah. And remember that, I don't know if it was McDonald's where you get little things and instead of it saying you win fries or mm. you win something, it's a code and you have to go mm. put it. I remember Coke did uh-huh. it. Remember we would get all the little Coke things off of when we used to buy Coke and... <laughs> and remember, Jack? Remember all and the And then we went codes? to rehab and we got off <laughs> yeah, that habit. Right. <laughs> and I'd have to go on the computer I and do. input all of these codes. We never uh, wanted no. anything. It was like yeah. movie tickets or you yeah. Can win. It was, yeah. And it was yeah. so yeah. annoying yes. you had to. And I'm sure there were plenty of people who just never went bothered to huh. input the things. So apparently, the Daily Beast wrote a great article about this whole saga. And Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have optioned. The movie rights to the Daily Beast article isn't that weird? Yeah. And um, in 2018, Matt Damon is supposedly am, going oh. to start. Well, that too. Yeah. Supposedly going to star in the movie, and Ben Affleck will direct it. Of course. And not yeah. be in it. It's like they and jerk each other nope. off over and over again. They annoy the <laughs> fuck out of me. Have a pro cryptocurrency message. And that's it. That's all I know. They haven't said anything else about it, so I, who knows? Yeah, well, I won't be going to see it because I already know the whole story, and I don't Matt like Damon. them. <laughs> um, and then, of course, in 2020, HBO did this docuseries yeah. that I'm talking about. It's six episodes called McMillions, and it's a very good show, and it's where I got a lot of this information. Ooh. Yeah. So... Crazy, They huh? weren't as... For some reason, I did have a vague memory of it. I remember vaguely when it happened. For some reason, I thought it was more... I guess it was fairly clever, but I thought it was more clever than that. I thought they somehow manipulated the way it was. The winners... I can't remember what I thought, but I, for some reason, I thought it was a little more... I don't know, numbers? Yeah, I don't remember like, what I thought. But I didn't no, think it was just as simple right scam. as this guy stealing the tickets because he had access to it. Yeah. And it wasn't... It wasn't genius. yeah. Oh, there. Obviously, you know what I mean. But it, I, I, I thought it's cle- more clever than that for some reason. My favorite person in the whole thing is Jerry Jacobson's stepbrother. What was the name? Martin Marvin. He, um, first of all, he ran a maternity clothing shop, mm. which is cute. But <laughs> at one point, that's plus one. He, no. he got the first twenty-five thousand dollars prize. Remember? Oh, well, okay. And then at another point. And I think he felt guilty about it because mm-hmm. at another point, Jerry came back to him and said, hey, you want to do a million dollar one? I'll let you do a million dollar one and we'll like split the money kind of thing because then there'd be no middleman, right? Mm-hmm. And Mar- Marvin Martin said, no way. The, you know, this is crazy. I don't want to have anything to do with this. And Jerry had handed him the million dollar ticket. He flushed it down the toilet. Oh, my God. I like Martin. Yep. And... 
he pled guilty. He told the FBI everything they wanted to know, you know, er, you know how it was done, everything that he knew. I don't know how many, de- I don't know yeah. if he knew the details. Um, and now he is very good friends with the U.S. attorney that prosecuted <laughs> him. They became pals. Yeah, he doesn't talk to Jerry anymore. There, he said he has zero contact with him, but he's happy because he got a great new friend they out of it. They play tennis and, and squash. That's great. Yep. That's great news. Good for Martin. You know? Marvin? Martin? Martin? Braun is his know. last name. Okay. I think it might be Martin. Marvin. Well, that's a great story, Carrie. It is a great story. It's uplifting. It's uplifting. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. It doesn't make things, me but horrendously sad. Yeah, no, so that's that good. That's is great. Good. And it's also Very little and death. Strange. Only one person yeah, died. One person died, and he mm, kind of okay with it. Yep. Well, thanks, Carrie. Appreciate your uh, storytelling. You're welcome. Thanks. Okay, that's it for us this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get you next time. Edition. Get Listen again. Time. Goodbye. Like Dean's going to get you. Be careful. <laughs> Ooh, I'm coming for you. Good boy. Bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>